0: chapter 18 part 2 of the three lieutenants this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the three lieutenants by william henry giles kingston chapter 18 part 2 jack had been so busily employed in defending the brig that he had had no time to attend to anything else he now for a moment turned his glance to windward when he immediately discovered the cause of the slaver's flight standing towards him and coming on at a rapid rate was a ship carrying a press of sail and a schooner which was quickly recognized as the venus by the cut of her sails as well as by their snowy whiteness he could scarcely doubt that the large vessel was the corvette yet it would have been impossible for the venus to have gone to port royal and to have returned in so short a time the slaver without firing a shot was doing her best to escape by setting all the sail she could carry her crew being actively employed in knotting and splicing the rigging which needham's shot had already somewhat damaged try one more exclaimed jack and good luck go with it needham took good aim the shot passing through the main-topsail struck the foretop-mast which fell over the side a loud cheer burst from the throats of the english crew and all hands redoubled their efforts in repairing their own damages they were soon able to set the foretopsail and jib and get the brig about and away they went and hopped chase after their antagonist the latter had not hitherto shown her colors she now hoisted an american ensign but that did not save her from another iron missile thrown from long tom she on this quickly exchanged the american colors for those of spain which however were treated in the same way and finding at length that she had no chance of escaping from her active pursuer she hauled them down and hove to Jack ordered a boat to be lowered and directed Needham and the only midshipman remaining with him to board the prize, his other officers, the doctor and purser, being busily engaged with the wounded men. Needham was quickly alongside, and stepping on board he found that out of her crew of forty hands, six had been killed and eight or ten severely wounded, while her bulwarks and the companion hatch had been considerably knocked about among the killed was her first officer whilst the captain and several others were wounded needham as directed inquired for her papers and what is the name of this craft of yours he asked when they were given to him the black swan was the answer well now i shouldn't be surprised if you called her the katerina you would be somewhere nearer the truth the captain started but made no reply come i am to take you on board our brig continued needham making a sign to the captain to get into the boat jack as soon as he could possibly be spared off the deck went below to ascertain how don lopez and his companions had made their escape from the cabin it was very evident that they had broken open the door that the sentry had been surprised and overpowered before he could use his musket instead of murdering him which it was a wonder they had not done they had gagged and put him into the irons from which they had released one of their companions he still sat in a corner of the gun-room looking very much alarmed and not a little ashamed of himself in a short time the schooner and corvette brought up by the freshening breeze were close to and murray at once came on board the supplejack i heartily congratulate you on having captured the brig before i came up he exclaimed as he and jack shook hands i should have been sorry to have deprived you of the honour which is your due thank you answered jack but i suspect that we should not have found it so easy a matter to capture her had you not made your appearance in the nick of time we were hard pressed i can assure you for the dons fought well and it was all we could do to drive them back when they attempted to board us besides which our prisoners broke loose and would have given us a good deal of trouble before we had knocked them on the head but how came you to arrive so opportunely i was sent by the admiral in quest of you to direct you to return to port royal from whence we are to sail immediately in company for trinidad we are not likely to remain there long and are afterwards the admiral tells me not a usual proceeding to be placed under the orders of the admiral on the south american station for your sake i am sorry that you are to leave the west indies though i shall not be sorry to visit fresh scenes and get a little cooling after two years broiling in these seas said jack but how did you leave your friends at st david's murray looked grave as he answered miss o'regan has not recovered as rapidly as i trusted she would from the trial she has gone through and i think it probable that she will accompany some of her relatives to england so that i cannot hope to meet her again till we return home indeed she is firm in her determination not to marry at all events till i pay off the corvette and i suppose she is right although i would rather make her mine at once archie gordon i am thankful to say under her and her friend's care is gradually recovering and will i hope in a few weeks join the frigate however you must not forget your prize here comes your boat with her skipper the spanish captain now stepped on board and protested loudly against the legality of his capture and declared that the english brig-of-war had fired into him without provocation and that he had been obliged to board her as the only means of saving his vessel very probably answered jack and you expected to take us and our prizes into the bargain as to the legality of the affair that will be decided when we arrive at jamaica in the meantime as i am overcrowded you and your officers will go on board the corvette where your wounds will be attended to murray had agreed to relieve jack of some of his prisoners and to send a prize crew on board the caterina all arrangements having been made the two men-of-war and four prizes made sail for port royal scarcely had they got their tacks aboard than a large ship was sighted from the masthead of the tudor standing off the land she was soon made out to be the plantagenet which had sailed from port royal ten days before her the frigate made the signal to close and the small squadron was soon hove to at a short distance from her as directly afterwards it fell calm visits were exchanged between the officers of the different ships murray and jack went on board the plantagenet to make their report to captain hemming you have had better fortune than we can boast of rogers he said laughing in a tone which showed his vexation those rascally slave-dealers have contrived to do us though as we are up to their tricks i hope that we shall turn the tables on them another time when jack went into the gun-room adair gave him an account of the circumstance to which the captain alluded we were on our way from jamaica to havana to look after you jack and to prevent you from getting into mischief or catching a tartar as it seems you nearly did when the captain thought fit to stand into the bay of guantimo it's away there on the southern coast of cuba towards the east end the admiral had received information that don pepe the very rascal whose acquaintance we made on the coast of africa and who is now settled at havana was fitting out a large and powerful craft calculated to give a little pigmy like you some trouble we came up guantimo just before dark it is i should say a beautiful and deep bay with numerous small harbors in it in which slavers may hide securely without any risk of being seen by our cruisers unless expressly looked for as we were standing in intending to run up the bay we made out a large brig at anchor with sails loose ready for sea she had a suspicious look about her unusually square yards taunt and raking-masts and low black hull though she might be well armed and disposed to show fight had you for instance attempted to question her she would not of course dare to resist the frigate and as she could not escape us we felt pretty sure that should she be what we suspected she would soon become our prize we had got some little way up the bay and within half a mile of her when the wind fell we were by this time more certain than ever from her appearance that she was a slaver and the captain therefore ordered a shot to be fired close ahead of her that we might see how she would take it she made no reply neither hoisted colours nor attempted to get under way at all events we will see what she is said the captain he then ordered me and norris to take the pinnace and jolly-boat and board her the men had just time to buckle on their cutlasses before they tumbled into the boats i was sorry after we had shoved off that they were not better armed for the spaniards might very possibly try to play us some trick or other such as heaving cold shot into our boat and knocking us on the head as we got alongside though they were much more likely to blow up their vessel or to run her on shore and make their escape as we pulled on we observed numerous boats passing from the brig to the shore and we felt pretty certain that the fellows were landing the unfortunate slaves so that we should not be in time to rescue them i ordered our men to give way in the hopes of saving some of the poor wretches and a single slave remaining on board would of course be enough to condemn her it was now nearly dark though we could still make out the brig with her white canvas loose not far ahead i was somewhat surprised as we approached to observe no sign of life aboard her not a man could i make out on her deck no boat alongside we had got almost up to her when we observed a large schooner lying close in shore on the farther side of a high point which had hitherto concealed her from us almost at the same instant a shot came flying from the schooner towards us so well aimed that as it struck the surface it threw the water right over us the splash of our oars must have shown the schooner's people where we were for although we could see her they could not have made out in the dark such small objects as our boats the first shot was followed by a second which very nearly did for the jolly-boat as after striking the water it bounded over her smashing one of her oars and knocking in her gunwale happily hitting no one not wishing to be exposed to this sort of peppering as shot after shot came in quick succession giving us not a most agreeable kind of shower bath we at once dashed at the brig i boarding on the starboard side and norris on the port we fully expected to have some hot work but on reaching the deck not a soul appeared and we found ourselves masters and as we suppose possessors of as fine a brig as i have ever seen engaged in the slave trade i could not help feeling however a little uncomfortable on recollecting the tricks the rascals are apt to play and i half expected to find myself and my men hoisted into the air by the explosion of the magazine when as i was about to send below to examine the vessel i heard voices in the after cabin and presently a spanish officer in full rig appeared followed by half a dozen men-of-war's-men he announced himself as a midshipman belonging to the spanish man-of-war schooner which lay at anchor in shore the same craft which had fired at us and said that he had been put in charge of the brig which had been captured by his vessel and pray then why did your schooner fire at our boats i asked eyeing the young fellow narrowly for i much doubted that he was really a midshipman your boats were seen approaching our prize under suspicious circumstances in the dusk of evening and you probably were taken for pirates he answered quite coolly there was light enough when we were first seen to make out our ensign i answered if that schooner is a man-of-war her commander shall be made to apologize for the insult he has offered to the british flag of course he will and if you choose to send on board you will find that what i have told you is the case he answered biting his lips as if so i supposed he disliked having his honour doubted well you will remain here and i will send one of my boats on board the schooner should any treacherous trick be played i shall make you answerable i said eyeing him sternly he did not quail and i was pretty well satisfied that he spoke the truth i accordingly ordered norris to go on board the schooner and ascertain the facts of the case and to tell the captain that i wished to see him immediately on board the brig after he was gone i felt no little anxiety as to the reception he might meet with the spanish midshipman however appeared at his ease and accompanied me over the brig i found that she was a brand new vessel having never before been to sea she was laden with cotton goods and had the planking for a slave-deck with leaguers and a large cauldron for boiling farina indeed she was in every way fitted for a slaver and would i felt sure if we could not stop her career bring back some seven or eight hundred slaves in her capacious hold she is a slaver you will allow i said turning to the midshipman a slaver he said worse than that she is a regular pirate as such we captured her notwithstanding what he said i was convinced that she was simply a slaver though the spaniards are generally in no hurry to take such vessels we returned on deck and i kept my eye on my friend and his men the brig's crew had all been removed he told me we shall see them then hanging at your yard arm to-morrow morning i observed oh no we do not treat our prisoners in so summary a manner he answered we paced the deck for some time together while i turned a somewhat anxious eye towards the schooner hoping soon to see norris return norris as i afterwards learnt as he got near the spanish schooner observed her guns pointed down at his boat ready to sink her in a moment undaunted however he pulled alongside no opposition was offered to his coming on board when he got on deck he found the fighting lanterns ranged along it sixty marines drawn up with muskets in their hands and swords by their sides and fully two hundred men at their quarters at the gangway stood the captain a thin short wizened-faced man with an immense mustache who as norris appeared began stamping with his feet and swearing roundly in spanish who are you how dare you go on board yonder brig he asked i am an officer of her britannic majesty's frigate plantagenet answered norris having a good notion of the proper way to meet such a fellow i obey the orders of my captain he supposes her to be a slaver and if she is not all i can say is she is very much like one she is not a slaver but a pirate and i have captured her under the same treaty that you english take slavers and she is therefore mine and under my charge and no one shall interfere with her in that case why did you fire at us i beg to know asked norris because it was dark and i could not see your flag answered the little don you could have seen our frigate and you must have known perfectly well all the time that the boats you were firing at were english replied norris my superior officer who has taken possession of the brig wishes to see you on board her immediately while norris was carrying on this conversation the spanish crew looked so bent on mischief and the moustaches of the marines curled so fiercely that he expected every moment to be attacked and he saw his own men put their hands on the hilts of their cutlasses as if they thought the same they would have had to contend with fearful odds but i have not the slightest doubt that they would have made a good fight of it and perhaps have got off scot-free though they had not a pistol among them the spanish captain considered a moment and norris heard him order his gig to be manned well remember that my superior officer expects you he said and having no inclination to remain longer on board than was necessary ordering his men into the jolly-boat he came back as fast as they could pull to the brig he had just time to give me an account of what had occurred when we made out a spanish boat coming towards us i should have said by the bye that alongside the captain was an englishman or a man who spoke english perfectly and interpreted for norris or at all events helped him out with the conversation i stood with my men ranged behind me their shirt-sleeves tucked up and their cutlasses in their hands ready to receive my visitor i determined to show him that i was not to be trifled with after his impudent behaviour he had no right to expect any courtesy from me so i let him find his own way on deck well signor i asked when he appeared followed by his interpreter how did you dare to fire at my boats instead of stamping and swearing as he had done when on board his own vessel he was in a moment an altered being taking off his hat he stood before me humbly bowing and with his hand on his heart declared that he much regretted what had occurred indeed signor i had no notion that the boats i fired at were english and took you for pirates about to attempt to recapture of the brig this was said by means of the interpreter that's as big a bouncer as ever was spoken i heard some one behind me growl out i don't know whether the interpreter thought fit to explain the polite remark to his superior as to that i have no means of judging but how comes it that i find one of your officers on board this vessel she is evidently fitted for the slave trade and as such she will most certainly be condemned i observed of course no doubt about it answered the spanish captain quite coolly she is not only a slaver but a pirate and discovering such to be the case i captured her and i give you my word of honor that i am about to take her into st cuba for adjudication of course i cannot doubt the word of honour of a spanish officer i replied i must consequently leave you in possession and i only hope you will take care that she is condemned and her piratical career stop oh of course Señor, i will take good care of that he answered again bowing and putting his hand to his heart i fancied that by the light of the lantern which fell on his countenance i could see a twinkle in his eyes as he said this and i felt strongly tempted to pitch him and his crew into their boat cut the brig's cable and make sail however as i was compelled to take his word for the truth of what he asserted i had nothing to do but to trundle with my men into our boats and pull back to the frigate hemming approved of what i had done though he agreed with me that it was all humbug and that the spanish captain pretended to have captured the brig for the sake of saving her from our claws he determined therefore to watch the two vessels and we accordingly hove to to see what they would do it was not till nearly dawn that the breeze came off the land when we saw the brig stealing out followed by the man-of-war schooner the latter by the by was a magnificent vessel one of the largest schooners i have come across requiring the numerous crew she carried to handle her enormous canvas we at once made sail and followed them into st iago which is about thirty miles west of guantimo we there found that the spanish captain had actually brought the brig to trial as a pirate though as he well knew there was not the slightest proof that she was one as the trial was likely to last some weeks or at all events till we were out of the port hemming considered that it would be useless to remain so we sailed again and were on our passage round to havana when we sighted you such was adair's account of his adventure a breeze soon afterwards bringing up the plantagenet proceeded on to her destination while the corvette and brig with the prizes continued their course to jamaica it was not till the return of the plantagenet to port royal that jack heard of the full rascality of the spanish captain on the arrival of the frigate at havana captain hemming laid a complaint before the admiralty court for the adjudication of slavers he then discovered that the brig belonged to pepe or as he was now called don mateo who had bribed the spanish captain to keep by his vessel and to pretend to have captured her should an english man-of-war appear on the acquittal of the brig for piracy at Santiago, the spanish captain who had pledged his honor on the subject escorted her through the windward passage as far as seventy degrees of longitude when she was out of the range of west india cruisers jack afterwards heard an account of her from a friend on the african station she had then really become a pirate she used to watch for the slavers after they had run the gauntlet of the british cruisers and would then capture them take their slaves out and give them her cargo of colored cottons in exchange when she did not manage to fall in with slavers she occasionally took a run in on her own account and her captain being well informed of the movements of the blockading squadron she invariably managed to pick up a fresh cargo and get clear off again being however in no ways particular if she had no cargo of colored cloths she would sink the slavers she took with their crews so as to leave no trace of the transaction behind being armed with a long gun amidships and six long nines not a slaver had a chance with her it was not till long afterwards that jack became acquainted with the last mentioned particulars she at length disappeared from the coast and he could never hear what ultimately became of her she was probably either burnt or driven on shore or still more likely she was capsized and went down with her living freight of eight hundred human beings chapter eighteen